welcome to How Fitting, the podcast about creating fashion and growing a business that fits your customer, your lifestyle, and your values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Melissa Hargis-Pierce of Soul Studio. So welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. Yeah. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I am a self-expression and sustainable fashion advocate. I have a background in jewelry making and I've just always loved fashion and that's what brought me to creating a clothing line. My clothing line is a completely naturally dyed line. So we use all plant-based dyes and we actually use recycled flowers as well to create all of our prints. So we create everything in small batches by our um, team of women here in Austin, Texas. And we just love creating pieces that are wearable art pieces and treat it as heirlooms. So yeah, it's a little bit about me and Soul Studio. Yeah, that's so cool. So you said you're a, was it self-expression and fashion and sustainable fashion advocate? Is it yeah. That, yeah. So um I I'm familiar and people listening to this podcast are, you know, very familiar with sustainable pa- fashion, but I'm curious, like the self-expression advocacy piece of this, like how that ties into everything and what does that mean for you? Yeah, so um I've been an artist my entire life and I've just always thought that fashion was an amazing way to show the world who you are because you know we have to we have to get dressed and go out into the world every day um so in in my mind why not make it artful and you know speak who you are um, while you're out and about so yeah I just feel that clothing should be a vehicle to you know make you feel good and really like create self-confidence and and all of the above so I really like to see clothing as um something that is very personal and not, Mm -hmm. you know, trend driven. So that's really, really what got me into sustainable fashion was seeing how many people just were buying clothes because they were on trend. And, and I just, I, you know, I see it in such a different light. So the Mm -hmm. goal of studio is to encourage people to treat clothing as art pieces. Yeah. I love that. And I do think fashion is very personal and, you know, it's, it's fun to wear something trendy, but only when it, only when the trend speaks to, you know, who you are and what your life is, not just to kind of fit in with everybody else. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. That's how I see it. Cool. So kind of what brought you into fashion? You mentioned you you have a background in jewelry making first, and obviously an interest in fashion as an expression and now as business, but kind of what sparked that in the first place? Um, so I'm business partners with my mother, Carol, and um, she was doing dye art. She actually has a background in, in interior design. So she was doing dye artistry. She was using conventional dyes at first. And um, we've always been both very like sustainably minded just as a family growing up, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with her, she was always instilling a lot in me about recycling and conserving water and but back then we didn't really know like that much about sustainable fashion when I was growing up um but when I saw uh, my mom had switched to 
the natural dyes because she found out how bad the um, the dyes were, the conventional dyes were for the environment. Um, I just thought they were incredibly beautiful and I was just captivated by it. And mm-hmm. so I was, I had told her we should join forces and I had been wanting to get into clothing because I had been making jewelry and I, I wanted to do both. So I, uh, I told my mom one day, I was like, we have to make these into clothing. They're just so beautiful and they don't, they shouldn't just be, you know, on the wall or, you know, this little piece of fabric. I was like, these should be worn and really shown off. So yeah, that's kind of how we got into it. That's so fun. And like the dyes are beautiful and that kind of like caught my eye seeing pictures of the prints and everything you're doing. So with your jewelry making before this, were you also kind of using sustainable materials or similar things um, that kind of led into the fashion aspect and the sustainable fashion aspect? Or were you also kind of doing kind of, let's say, quote, more traditional methods that are maybe less sustainable and then, yeah, kind of got into fashion and the sustainable materials kind of simultaneously? Um, yeah, I will say like, it's, it's always really been every, everything I've created has always been very sustainable and like small batch. Um, Mm -hmm. my jewelry making was, um, recycled silver and, um, what I actually was super passionate about and will, will be bringing back into the collection of soul studio soon is, um, I do organic casting with my jewelry making. So I take live plants and, um, you can do bones and bugs and other things like that, but I would cast those materials. And so I would create like succulent rings or something that I made or like an orchid necklace and things like that. So I was always doing really small, like one of a kind pieces um, throughout my career making jewelry. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. I would would love to see it when you bring it back. Um, So in terms of the plant, like plant dyeing and natural dyeing, like how did you learn all that and and get into that? And yeah, where did, because I feel like that's not something where you can just pick up at any class or, you know, course or, you know, Google it. It's still more, it's very much an art form. So yeah, how did you learn that? Did you like study under somebody or how did you like explore those skills? Yeah, so I've just learned alongside of my mother, but she is completely self-taught. Um, she already knew how to do a lot of different dye techniques just from also being self-taught with the conventional dyes, mm-hmm. like shibori and resist techniques and things like that. But um, yeah, she's completely self-taught. She just started buying books and just playing around. And now she has like a library of notes that she's taken over the past we're like almost seven years into it at this point um yeah so really just through like exploration and note-taking and um yeah natural dyes are kind of a um a re-emerging art form because Mm -hmm. um you know they've definitely been around for a very long time but during the um industrial revolution they were kind of pushed aside for dyes that were you know easier and easier to replicate and things like that um so yeah, just kind of like re-emerging these ancient crafts and just teaching ourselves and, and playing around and getting inspired by the plants. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so where do you get your inspiration primarily for the prints or even the, the clothing itself? So the clothing is intended to be pretty, um, not necessarily simple, but it is intended to be like a canvas for the prints. Mm -hmm. So we tend to keep the, um, the clothing where it doesn't have like exorbitant detail. So you can really see the print like completely flat on the body for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, so we try to do, you know, pretty, pretty traditional designs with like little edgy twists to them. Um, so they, you know, feel like they're still ours, but the prints, I would say, um, you know, it's, you play around a lot and then sometimes you just get this print and it's just so magical. I mean, they're all really, really beautiful and special, but after you do it so many times, you'll see one and it just stands out to you so much. And it might mm -hmm. have like more depth or just, um, sometimes they have some ghosty, like interesting ethereal, um, prints in there. And so I'm really drawn to those really beautiful ethereal looking designs. And that's typically what we go with. Um, and then seasonally I'll bring in like some fun, like loud pink colors, you know, for summer or, uh, for fall, I'll try to bring in some more neutrals. So, I mean, it's a little bit influenced by the season, but really just like me and my mom's personal taste of loving these prints that just have this quality to them that are, and I don't know, they just kind of speak to you, but we're just kind of letting the plants tell their story. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. Kind of the, like it, it's sustainable fashion, but then it's also like very natural. It's like honoring the process of the nature and the materials. It sounds like, yeah. which so fun. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely just letting the plants talk. And I know that sounds kind of like woo woo, but <laughs> <laughs> you can't control it all of the time. So sometimes mm -hmm. you have like an idea of what you're going to get, but then sometimes you get these really unexpected results and they're just really, really beautiful. And sometimes you'll be like, oh, that palette reminds me of a sunset or that palette reminds me of, um, you know, like the the river with all of the different shades of blue and green. So it's just nice to really just kind of stare at them and appreciate and kind of connect with the prints and see, you know, how, you know, that's kind of how we make the decision, like which ones we decide to keep. Yeah. Yeah. So how much are you able to like reproduce or control the process? Like obviously each, each flower, each kind of batch of dye, I imagine comes out, you know, slightly differently, but are there certain things that you are able to control? Like if it, if it comes out like super cool with like a certain type of flower or design, are you able to, you know, somewhat say, okay, this red rose generally makes this type of color if I leave it in for this long? Um, or is it really like each piece is unique and you, you aren't really able to control and like make another similar piece? So we've gotten a lot better about that over, I would say like the past two years, because um, it is a little bit of, of science and art combined. So mm -hmm. you have to um, take note of all of the different variables, but yeah, we're able to recreate some prints, um, some things just like certain flowers um, are very hard to get like the exact same variety of. So you have to you know, try to keep a similar source, but mm -hmm. we always, um, do swatch testing before and, um, 
if we ever kind of are having trouble with the dye, we'll just kind of phase that print out if we're not able to produce it anymore. But the, um, the mineral content of the soil can change the color and um, the results. So you just have to constantly test everything. Interesting. So not only like, I know like the minerals in the soil can change kind of like the health and even color of the plant itself, but like that, then it also changes how the dye turns out, even mm -hmm. when there's no, like none of that soil actually in the dye. Right. We've, um, yeah, we've gotten dye from um, a source. Botanical colors is one of the sources that we use. And then we've bought in the same dye, like six months later and it didn't do the same thing. So then you might have to, you know, adjust your recipe just a little bit because that could have been, you know, a completely different field of, of indigo, for example, and it just doesn't create quite create like the same shade. So you just always have to kind of do your sampling before you, you know, get started on your bigger pieces of fabric. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And I, I, I love the, um, like intersection of like the really nerdy kind of like science and you know side of mm -hmm. things and combining that with the creative part of fashion I feel like that's a little bit what my job as a pattern maker is it's like the sciencey math side of of a creative industry and it's so yeah. yeah it always always fascinates me how those two can come together to create such like beautiful end results yeah, it's nice to have a little bit of both in your everyday life. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like if I just did creative stuff all the time, I would, um, you know, it would be, I, I don't know if I would exhaust my creativity, but it is nice to, you know, be able to get my critical brain thinking as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you talked about it a little bit, but where, where do you find the flowers that you use to dye? Like, is there like a vendor place that you buy them from or do you you know have fields that you like pick them yourself or I also saw that you can do kind of custom pieces with like a wedding bouquet of flowers which I thought was such a fun idea I wish I'd known about when I got married <laughs> yeah the um the bouquet recycling is really really special um so uh, I'll talk about that first because it's the most fun um <laughs> yeah so essentially people do bouquet preservation and kind of a typical way they'll do that is like pressed florals or resin. Mm -hmm. um, so we just have a different option where we take flowers uh, from your wedding. We do like a little mini consult at the beginning to see what flowers you have. Um, not all flowers will give color. Mm -hmm. So um, we do a little mini consult and um, roses are a great dye. So most people have roses um, and then other flowers like delphinium or peonies also work great. Um, but yeah, we do a mini consult and then we just um, come to your wedding and pick the flowers up. Or if you are um, outside of the Austin area, we'll have you either, either um, overnight them or you can actually send them dried as well. Um, yeah, And we just dye you something custom from those flowers. We can do clothing, home goods, wall art, anything you'd like. Um, and then on to your other questions. Um, we do buy um, like raw materials. Um, botanical colors is a great source for that. Um, there's a couple of other smaller companies that we get stuff from. Just we're always kind of like calling around and figuring out uh, what these different people have in stock. And so um, we kind of just, you know, figure out who has what at what time. And 
you know, Mm -hmm. figure out best pricing, but we try to get all of our materials from the U S to cut down on the carbon footprint. And then for the flowers, we do get, um, donations from some local, um, restaurants and florists will give us flowers that are all wilty and they can't sell. So yeah, that's kind Mm -hmm. of how we try to get them. We, um, we also have a goal this year. Um, we're in Texas, so not that much grows here. It's like 110 degrees uh, <laughs> in the summer. But um, marigold grows really well here. And we have a goal to um, build a greenhouse next year. So we're going to mm-hmm. try to be growing some more of our own dye materials um, and flowers in the greenhouse. That's so cool. And yeah, I didn't even think about like not only are you using natural dyes, but you're, you're kind of, you're reusing kind of the end of life flowers from these other places, whether, you know, it's a flower shop where they're too wilty to sell, like you said. I I think that's so cool that you're like able to use those materials that would otherwise kind of go to waste from these other, other businesses. Yeah, it's, it's another like layer of sustainability and in our minds, like another way to to honor the plants because as you can imagine, the carbon footprint is insane on flowers. They take so much energy, so much water, so much time to grow, and Mm -hmm. then they are shipped from all over the world. So a lot of flowers grow in like the Netherlands or um, South America. And so we're shipping those over like fresh daily. And that's another reason the prices are so high for flowers, just because they have to account for all of the waste that they're going to have um, during that process. So we yeah. love being able to, you know, add, like I said, that extra layer of sustainability to our process. And then it just, feel, it feels nice to give the flowers another, you know, like an afterlife. Yeah, I bet it does. So do you have, uh, like, what are your favorite flowers to use either because of the colors they have or just in general? Do you have favorites? Yeah, definitely. Marigold is so cool. Um, the you can you can do so much with it. It's just so much fun, um, and I love that too because I can grow that here in Texas. Um, roses are beautiful. Um, they the leaves and the petals um, do different things, and you can get really clear imprints from the rose leaves. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, the rose leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, peonies are really great. Um, they're a little harder to get, um, because they're pretty seasonal, but they're amazing. Um, dahlias, um, delphinium. I mean, I could go on. I mean, I think they're all just so different and I just, I love combining them. So, you Mm -hmm. you know, you get like a kind of like an abstract art piece when you sprinkle all these different flowers together, just kind of all look so beautiful together. And, um, the colors are almost like a watercolor. Versus mm-hmm. the way I see conventional dyes is more of like an acrylic paint. Um, so it's just so nice to see, you know, lots of flowers all together. Yeah, they kind of like bleed into each other rather than being like distinct shapes yeah. on the finish. Yeah, they can. They definitely can, depending on what you do. Mm-hmm. Those are those all sound beautiful. So kind of on the garment side, like what is the process for coming up with these you know, kind of canvases for the prints. Um, are you kind of like designing and producing all that yourself as well, you and your mom? 
Yeah, so um, we create everything here in Austin. We, um, we work with, um, we have a designer on our team. Her name is Shannon. She's incredible. And she ha- is very seasoned fashion designer. So we work with her um, figuring out designs. I'm not super technical when it comes to clothing design, but I, um, I can tell people what I want. And I understand like all of the basics of pattern making mm-hmm. and uh, grading and all of that. So we do all of that in-house and do all of the fittings and everything. Then we send off our grading um, to California. Then once we get those back, we cut and sew everything here in Austin. We do it all made to order. So that cuts down on our, on our inventory and also, you know, our sustainable practices of not overproducing pieces. We just produce exactly what people want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's always, I've seen more and more brands kind of moving towards that made to order model for, you know, like you said, cutting down on inventory, um, you know, and then really being able to meet exactly customer demand rather than making something that's like, I think people will want this in this size. And then you're not really, you know, it never quite lines up with the actual demand. Yeah. And we're, we're always trying to, with our marketing, um, I have an amazing marketing girl that's been with me for a long time. And we're always just trying to um, ask the audience what prints they like so we know kind of getting our getting our fabric dyed and ready and we're always Mm -hmm. you know asking people what they want and keeping people involved in it so it feels like a you know more of a community and and in in turn it really helps like our mission to make fashion you know more personal and special and not trend driven so Mm -hmm. that's kind of our angle with it too is um with the made to order and it's really amazing to see more brands doing it um it was definitely really hard at first to offer made to order because people were, oh, well, one, like ours is only one to, I think we have one to three weeks as our lead time. And we've even had people be like, oh, well, I need it. I need it um, Friday. So people are used to still getting things really fast, but I think over shipping, right. Amazon, it's just, Mm -hmm. oh, like, I feel like people are ruined, but they're also learning. So it's getting a little bit better. I think um, I will say since COVID, I think the consumer that's shifting. So yeah, it's, it's nice to see that. And it, it's gotten easier for us to do made to order because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing where I feel like even, you know, times during the pandemic and even Amazon couldn't do the two day shipping thing. And so we've all had to learn to be a little bit more patient and slow down and think about yeah. you know what what purchases I really need and want and prepare a, a little bit more in advance for, for right them. yeah it's it's something I hope people just continue to do because I um you know I worry with everything that's going on at certain times I I just want people to like slow down and take a breath and you know not just be like aimlessly purchasing but buying with intention and um, I've been trying to instill that in our customer base. And I, I think it's really, really powerful to, you know, it, encourage and inspire people to, to purchase like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I noticed on your website, kind of along with this, that like you mentioned, Slow Studio um, or Soul Studio makes 
slow goods for the modern life. And I tend to think like modern life is the opposite of slow in many ways. And so are there any other ways that you intentionally kind of create that slowness within your process and your products and like encourage um, your customers to embrace that as well? Yeah, so I think with that, the intention was that the designs are modern. Um, so they're they're stylish and they're modern, but I think something that is really special about clothing pieces that are, you know, they they are like investment pieces and they are pieces that you treat really well. Um, you know, hand washing the garment, forming that relationship and just that makes you slow down right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think so many people are just used to like throwing their clothes around, but our intention is that people will treat them as, you know, an heirloom piece that they want to pass down or have for a really long time and just treating it really nice. Um, and then with silk too, because we we pretty much exclusively offer silk. We have a few cotton items, but um we try to use the highest quality fabric that we can so that people are also kind of through our goods, learning more about clothing and, and the natural materials and just, you know, creating that like reverence and respect for the Mm -hmm. materials, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, just kind of slowing down the modern life and a way to enhance it through the way you treat your clothes and that the way you shift your mindset around your clothing. Yeah, I think that's so needed. (laughs) You know, who doesn't want, who doesn't say they want, you know, whether or not we can practically accomplish it, but like slow down and kind of enjoy those kind of little moments or the the little things like, you know, enjoy the clothing and enjoy caring for it. Um, It makes it really special. Yeah, I think a lot of people hate doing laundry too. (laughs) So (laughs) For me, when I hand wash my clothing, I, I try to like take a little meditative moment with the clothing and thank it for being there for me. And um, I just think that when you do that, it, it, it just like, even if it's just kind of in the back of your mind, you have to do all of those steps to wash it, dry it, iron it, hang it. And it just feels like so much more love is put into it than just throwing your clothes in the washer and dryer and then like throwing them on the bed and folding them and putting them away. You know, it, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people. Or just leaving like, them in the basket unfolded until you oh, put no, it back I'm, on again. I'm guilty. I'm so guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. I try not to, but occasionally that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, you mentioned kind of the silk fabric and cotton fabric that you use. Is that um primarily because of wanting to use more natural materials to go along with the natural dyes? Or is there, um, like, how do the different fibers or even natural versus synthetic fibers, uh, is there a difference in how the dye takes to them too? Yeah, so we we do upcycling for people sometimes. So they'll send in an old piece and we'll dye them. Mm -hmm. And we've experimented with, some synthetics or like some synthetic blends before and um they sometimes will die but it's not like always the case mm-hmm. so that you you'd really do need natural fibers which we prefer because you know you're not washing clothing that 
has a microplastic um, yeah. that comes off when you, when you wash it. So we and choose it's more breathable plastic. and like feel, I mean, still feels and looks luxurious. I mean, <laughs> no matter yeah. what you do. So it's super breathable. Actually, people think mm-hmm. it more of like a winter fabric, but it's actually super, super breathable for the summer and the winter. Um, it regulates your body temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, silk actually has so many insane magical properties. <laughs> so it is, it is almost on top of, you know, picking natural fibers because they're more sustainable um, and just, they're just better for us um, health-wise. Mm-hmm. Silk is just magical. It is antibacterial. It repels, um, what? sorry, not stains, but it repels like moisture and like sweat and things like that. So mm-hmm. even if you sweat onto a silk piece, it actually like repels the bacteria and all of that off of it because of the, um, just the structure of the silk. It's a protein. Um, it's, it's like stronger than steel when you look at it under a microscope. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's super, it has, yeah. that's why it's like, you need special needles to sew it. <laughs> Yes, you do. You do. Um, so yeah, silk is just incredible. It's great for your hair and your skin. It's just, it moisturizes your skin and I actually have really dry skin, so I love it, but yeah, it's just the natural fibers just feel so much better too. Like I can barely stand to wear a polyester shirt. I'm again, it's like a hundred degrees here, but mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm wearing a natural material, it just feels right versus a synthetic material. I just feel kind of icky when I wear them. So yeah, like you're literally wearing plastic. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's nice to be able to create things that are biodegradable, more sustainable, um, and all of that. You know, just just doing our best to all around be as sustainable as possible. Even though you know you can't you can't win them all, but <laughs> mm-hmm. you can do your best. Mm-hmm. So we've. You we've talked a little bit about some some of these, but are there other values that are important to Soul Studio? And if so, like how do those values affect how you run the business or view creativity and fashion? Yeah, so values are super important to us and really, you know, drive the entire um company. We're five people at this point. <laughs> um yeah, we uh, it's we have nice, a few it's a nice size team where it's like you're so small and imagine very close knit, but then you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah, we had a few more people before COVID, and then we kind of scaled down, and um, we're now kind of getting back on track and everything. But yeah, it is nice to have help. I quickly realized I couldn't do it all myself, um, and focusing on what you're good at and <laughs> outsourcing mm-hmm. to what you need help with is great. But um, for values, I would say that um, quality is a super important value to us because I don't really think a piece of clothing can be sustainable without it being, you know, very well sewn and the design being well thought out. Mm -hmm. So quality is always just really at the top of our list. Um, Sustainability and ethics going hand in hand, you know, I really don't think you can have anything sustainable when you think about what the word really means sustaining if Mm -hmm. you are exploiting a worker or if you're using materials that harm the environment so sustainability and ethics are at the core of what we do and then of course the 
the um the art form is really important to us and the self-expression as um, we talked about before just mm-hmm. knowing that the people that we you know the people that we speak to with our clothing with our marketing things like that is is trying to inform people that these are special pieces that you should wear if you're called to them not mm-hmm. just because you know not just to buy things because you need them but to buy something because it it speaks to you and you you would love it and you know it would it would be special so that's really kind of the core three values i would say that we have our self expression and an art being mm-hmm. one and then sustainability and ethics being a second one and then the third being quality goods yeah and those are all those are all great values i totally support that um so you mentioned kind of your the the customer that you talk to and that you market to um, who also values these things um did it take i i feel like a lot of brands when they first start out it it takes a little while to kind of connect with kind of their ideal customer they may have an idea of who the customer is but it maybe evolves over time or they're not quite sure where right. their customers hang out or you know how to speak or connect to them so with soul studio did you kind of go through a similar evolution of who your customer is throughout the years i think you said seven years that you guys have been in business um yeah or yeah how did you kind of find and connect with that community that also values similar things for their clothing? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and super important because I know um, a lot of small brands that say one of their big uh, struggles is finding their audience. Um, mm-hmm. I will say like talking about values right before this was perfect because you have to really know who you are as a company to mm-hmm. find the people that um, also resonate with your message and um, always just staying true to your values is super important um, and like humanizing your company too I think really helps you find your audience um, mm-hmm. another thing would be just you know I think it's important to kind of create um, like archetypes and kind of figure out who you think your audience would be but always keeping an open mind and and um learning that like your audience might not be exactly who you thought you were but I do think it can take you know a year or two to really find your audience sometimes that just takes a lot longer especially if you're you know a small team but Mm -hmm. um yeah like checking your analytics and really seeing who these people really are and not just like assuming who they are is very important but yeah, and then I think as long as you stay true to your values and you're not just jumping on every marketing trend and you're not just jumping on every, um, you know, every sale opportunity, I think that mm-hmm. those things- Our hot are, button issue that everyone's talking, yeah. Right. I think really trying to like step back and take a breath and, you know, realize that marketing takes a lot of time and isn't just like an overnight thing. So- mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely takes a little bit of time to find those people, but I find that like once you do, it's it's really important as a small company to just stay true to your like organic marketing 
and just Mm -hmm. telling stories and inspiring and like sharing, you know, sharing all of your values through your marketing instead of just trying to push sales all the time and trying to, you know, you can't really also, you know, you can't make everyone happy. So focusing on that. Yeah. It's, it's like hard to, sometimes you like get in a box as a business owner and you're like, no, everyone should love my clothes. They're beautiful, but really that's, you know, just not the world we live in. So it's Mm -hmm. always like quality. It's like a quality over quantity thing. Yeah. And I mean, knowing, knowing who you are as a company and what you value can also, I think, help with that of like, is this feedback from this one person like going to make me pivot my whole business or is it like, no, they're not my customer. Like Mm -hmm. that's the way they feel. I think it takes a very kind of clear understanding of who your company is and what you want for your company and who the customer you really serve is in order to be able to kind of say no, you know, to the people that just aren't the best fit for, you know, your, your customer. Right. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, um, understanding that everyone isn't your customer is a good thing because mm-hmm. you kind of just want to not focus. If people are, you know, not your people and they're just there and you're, you're kind of second guessing, you kind of have to step back and realize that it's your company and just re- kind of revisiting your values and your documents. Um, it's nice to like revisit your business plan and re- like kind of remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And I think a lot of marketing too is I've found anyway in my business is the relationship building. Like it is a long game. It's not a, it's not a quick, like you said, like post a bunch of products and be like, buy this, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. more about connection with real people as a real person than it is like a faceless, you know, business trying to post commercial things. I, um, yeah, I think that being in that in the sustainable market with clothing, the customers are also, you know, they have a different mindset, which is great. It's, it is that long-term relationship, like you were saying, um, word of mouth and like all of that good, like old time marketing really kind of has come back now. Um, Mm -hmm. part of that is like, people are so much smarter, you know, if, if they're, you know, scrolling on their phone or, you know, out, and about, and they just see all of these ads being thrown in their face. A lot of the time that's just off-putting, mm-hmm. especially, especially like, you know, in the sustainable clothing industry, it's these people probably see like hundreds of ads a day that are buy this clothing, buy this clothing, buy this clothing. So you really have to think about all of that and that that's just not what you're trying to do and that mm-hmm. you are trying to form these long-term relationships, you know, making sure that your customer gets a piece and it's really well-made and and beautiful and that you have, you know, all of the information they might need to care for it and that you have great customer service if they have any questions and, and all of that, just building that relationship with the person, like person to person. And it just feels so nice. It, it feels like a real transaction instead of just, you know, these online Amazon purchases um, that, make me cringe sometimes because they're just so (laughs) transactional and and I I don't want my uh, business to feel that way so Mm -hmm. yeah 
So I'm curious too, like, you know, you, you said you, you work with your mom and you have a team. So what was it like kind of starting a business with your mom and, you know, with your team, how do you get like all of you kind of on board with the same mission? And, you know, you said you kind of revisiting what that looks like, um, your business plan and everything. So yeah, what's it like working with your mom and, and your team on, on this mission? Yeah, so it's definitely harder to work with family um, because, you know, you have all of the um, years of knowing them and like their mm-hmm. little nuances and your little nuances. So something that I've kind of worked through over the years to make it smoother is just kind of staying in your own department as much as you can. So she's more of the the dying side and then she also is a seamstress. So I try to stay doing like more of the business side of things. And then she does more of the production, but we always have meetings and kind of see where each other are at. So if there's any problems that come up, we can, you know, tackle them head on. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think our relationship has just gotten better through this. It it's rocky when you have like problems with your business, but then, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, building something amazing together. So I think it really strengthens the relationship overall. And then, yeah, we've just gotten better at working together uh, Mm -hmm. through practicing. And then um, I'll say with like employees, it's really, really hard to find good people. So Mm -hmm. interviewing a little bit, the interviewing process I have learned over the years, I try to be a little more like strict with my interview and just really finding people that already meet our values. So we're not like, you know, we're not really in the game of trying to change anyone's mind. So Mm -hmm. we try to find people that care about sustainability, care about what we're doing. And you can really tell by, you know, the, the work that they do, like they take pride in it and it makes them happy. So it's just all around makes like the entire work environment better for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we're just all on the same team and we're just all rooting to succeed together. So that's been really nice. Um, yeah. And we just, we really just use like different tools and I try to let, um, each department use what works best for them. So, um, we have like a, a Google drive folder and we keep kind of track of things in there and that way everyone can kind of put their input in there. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, it's nice to kind of see everyone's different work style and then try to figure out how we can all work together. Yeah, those are great tips. I'm also a fan of Google Drive and just, yeah, keeping everybody, like having a place where all the information and that everybody needs is in one place and available. Yeah. Or, but then definitely. still being mindful of like letting each person work the way that they work best. Yeah, we also use a... um like a software called Monday and it's kind of like a, it does um, kind of everything really has like to-do lists and then you can um, kind of keep up with like analytics from your website on there. And it's just, it's kind of just like an all-in-one software. So one of my employees is like, I hate that. I'm not using that. <laughs> and then my other employee, like we'll use it for certain things. And then, you know, I, can, I just mm-hmm. let people try things out. And if something is just like way out of their ballpark, I'm like, okay, we'll just, you know, we'll do 
well, we can do handwritten notes and then input them into Google Drive. So just kind of working with people and like what they prefer that way everyone feels comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it sounds like too like you kind of approach running the business in a similar way to maybe experimenting with your natural dyes where it's like let's try it and see if it works and then you know if it's good we'll write it down and do it again but like kind of letting the the process work itself out and not being like too tied to the a specific outcome necessarily yeah it's it's nice to have like a guiding um kind of kind of you know guidelines that you have in place but then over time like things might not work and so you kind of just have to be flexible and and that mm -hmm. keeps your um that keeps your staff feeling good too because they feel heard and they don't feel like forced to do something that they're not good at or they're not comfortable with mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense so I also noticed that you guys like offer workshops and like dying classes. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. Um, we actually, it's like one of our favorite things to do. Um, we love really feeding that community aspect of our business. Um, sharing the process with people is just really special. Um, I was just looking at a picture of a, a workshop we had last week, for example, and the um, the student is like unveiling her natural dye bundle because um, we actually roll the fabric up and steam it. So mm -hmm. she's opening the piece and looking at it and she just has this amazed expression on her face. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really nice to share the process with people because it's so fun and it's just, the results are always so beautiful. So yeah, we just love getting in person and, and showing people what we do. And then they just get so inspired. They're like, oh my God, I want to play with all of these things. <laughs> and it, it feels really nice to, to be able to share that with people. So has workshops been something that you've always kind of had as part of Soul Studio or kind of what prompted or when did you decide to add these classes and workshops as part of the business? Yeah. So I will say like definitely has been a core part of our business from the beginning. Um, especially since our business is very community-based. Mm -hmm. um, even, you know, right at the, I think the first few customers that even like ever saw the pieces, um, everyone's just so intrigued with the process. And mm -hmm. it's, it, yeah, it's just been like from the beginning, people are like, wow, I want to do that. And so you hear that, you know, response from people. And then that was really where the workshops came from. And um and like I said, we generally teach like a lot of beginner workshops and they're just so like easygoing and fun. So mm -hmm. it it's really, you know, nice to see people enjoying it. And, and um, I actually run a Facebook group if anyone is interested in, in like the business side of, of natural dyeing, but it's called business of natural dye. And nice. um, yeah, it's everyone in that group. We're always talking about, you know, when you interact with customers and every single customer has to like ask about the process. It's just like <laughs> the first thing that, you know, comes to mind is they're like, wow, how did you do this? And what flowers did you do? And they just get really excited and they light up. So it's, yeah, it's just kind of, I think an innate part of, of the businesses that people are curious. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet that feeds into, 
you know, like we were talking about earlier, kind of the storytelling of the process and the and the values too of like, I feel like clothing is more meaningful when there's a story behind it, you know, either because you, you got the piece of clothing for a special occasion or you got it, you know, at a special place, like when you're on vacation or whatever, or a gift mm-hmm. from somebody special or, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of knowing you know, being able to share or even just knowing yourself, like this, this dress was like dyed with, you know, marigolds or whatever, I bet is a really, a really meaningful way that like the end customer, even if they didn't actually touch the process of making it themselves, like can connect with how it's made and in a way that like makes it more meaningful and special. Yeah, that's definitely the intention with it. Um, like how I had said a, a few questions back, I, I told my mom, these shouldn't just be like sitting here. I want them out mm-hmm. in public <laughs> being experienced. And, and yeah, I think that people feel that connection to it and it gives them like another touch point to connect with nature in their everyday life, mm-hmm. um, which is really nice. So yeah, I, d- I definitely think it is a, a beautiful part of, of it is that that respect that people get for the the natural dyes and and then when they do take the workshop a common thing I've heard people say is wow I can understand like I can see why this costs a little bit more than conventional dyes it, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of um, intention and so people are able to you know make that connection to the process and like reverence for a craft and how long it takes and how much love is put into things so yeah, yeah, that's a cool side benefit as well of, of kind of educating the either your workshop participants or your customers on what the process is. Yeah, it's really nice. We, um, yeah, we just love it. It, And it's just like, it's so at the same time too, you're learning and you're getting this reverence, but it also is very therapeutic. It just, it smells good sometimes. So you'll get like the roses and you look <laughs> just and you you'll get a little aromatherapy when you like unbundle it, but also it just, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Sometimes it smells bad though. We do, we use bugs sometimes and they're stinky, but (laughs) I try to bring the good smelling stuff to the workshops, but, (laughs) but um, yeah, it can be just very relaxing of a process for people to do. Mm -hmm. So I, I personally find it very like calming and relaxing and it can be like just a moment in my day that I get to you know, get away from the computer, get away from the stress of everyday life and just spend time with the plants and touching them. And like roses, for example, they are like so velvety to touch. So you get that Mm -hmm. like visceral connection there when you're, when you're playing with the flowers and it's just, it's really relaxing. Yeah, I bet. Sounds like it. Um, so I'm curious, do you have any upcoming projects or things you're working on that you're excited about that you can share? Yeah, so we just did a fashion show and that was really amazing. Um, we co-produced the show. So that was um, a lot of work and we're really excited to do another fashion show in the future. Um, we're working on some other community events here in Austin that are going to be collaborative with other sustainable um, minded like organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still kind of hashing those out so I can't share fully, but they are going to be happening. Um, 
and then other than that um really just working on a fall collection right now and excited to create just a few more mindful pieces to share with people um and working on a greenhouse <laughs> oh, yeah. so figuring all of that out right now um but yeah there's always there's always a lot going on and just um love to keep people in the know for like future events that we have coming up and and like new products and things like that but and we're always open to hearing ideas if people like want anything specific too we're always super open-minded and love to hear um requests from people too cool um so yeah what is what is the best way to kind of stay connected to what's going on with soul studio and events that you have and to see upcoming like pieces that you release so um we try to really keep our marketing pretty easy so it's um essentially just instagram and email marketing okay. so i'll send out maybe like four to six emails a month um just updating people on what you know events and and new products um so if you follow us on uh, instagram it's we are soul studio um, some people think it's where Soul Studio, but it's We Are Soul Studio. And then if you click the link in bio there, there's actually a really easy way to sign up for our email list in there. Um, it's kind of just like a landing page to our email list. So I would say either Instagram or email are the, the best ways to stay in the know. Well, I'm going to include links to both of those in the show notes then. Thank and you. Then, I appreciate it. Yeah. I have one more question that I ask everybody at the end of the interview, which is if you could communicate one value to the world, to the clothes you design, what would it be? Um, I would say really that clothing is wearable art is my, is my mm -hmm. main message. And the reason I pick that as my main thing is because I think it feeds back to all of my other values. Mm -hmm. I think that when you treat something special, like a piece of art, you, um, you want to know how it's made. You want to know that it's quality, you treat it better. And when you treat something well, that is sustainable. So it all just like comes back to that. And it's, you know, the way that we see things. So changing our relationship with clothing by thinking that it's a piece of wearable, wearable art is really my is the one that I always come back to. And, and I think my, my main message was soul studio. Yeah. That, that's so special. And it's, and it's like fashion is such a unique art too, because it is wearable and functional. It's not just a beautiful decoration, but it, it like moves around and, you know, it's like three-dimensional and yeah, it's so personal to each, each individual that I think it's a, a really, really exciting art form to work in. Yeah, thank you. I, I know as a pattern maker, you probably um, com like can completely understand that because it's so complex mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it is such a complex art and um, that, that reverence that people can get for clothing through, you know, all the education around sustainability is, it's really amazing because I think in the past, like I said, growing up, I didn't, I didn't have the same, like, I didn't have the same knowledge. I, you know, I would just go to the mall and buy clothes and I would throw them, you know, out whenever there was a new trend and, 
I don't know what hit me one day, but I just decided like, I'm tired of doing this. And I, I just want to dress how I want to dress and be who I want to be. So mm-hmm. it, it's beautiful to see that shift happening in the past couple of years. And people are really like understanding who they are more through fashion. So I'm glad mm-hmm. to, to be a part of it. So cool. Well, this has been really fun to to hear more about your process, Melissa, and get to know a little bit more about you and Soul Studio. Um, It's been really fun. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Allison. It was nice to virtually meet you. And thank you for making time to chat with me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.